Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Agnes Drew, here today with Dr. Rosalind Clark, and it's day 1,616 since we came back on the air. What's in the news today, Dr. Clark? A really interesting letter that found its way to the station today. The actual text is somewhat long and detailed, so I'm not going to read it verbatim. But what it says, in a nutshell is that there's an area in the middle of the country where there aren't a lot of zombies currently. So things have gotten back to some kind of normal, minus the lack of electricity and internet, of course. That's really exciting that that can even happen. Does that mean they're able to do things like have outdoor parties and make lots of noise without attracting zombies? For the most part, yes. And it's also giving them some freedom of movement without having to be on a state of constant high alert. Honestly, the idea of being able to go outside without looking over your shoulder the whole time sounds so relaxing to me. That does sound like heaven. But you said there weren't a lot of zombies. Surely there are still some around? Yes, actually. So it's not quite 100% back to normal. The letter says that they're thinly spaced enough that when someone is attacked by a zombie, they can put up a bright green cloth at the side of the attack. It's kind of a combination memorial and indication for others that a zombie's in the area and to be more careful. That sounds like what they did at the Sun Bardens in India. You mean that uh, mangrove area where all those rivers intersected? Yes, they would do that exact same thing, except the cloths were red, and they didn't indicate zombie attack, but tiger attack. I'm not familiar with this. What else can you tell me about it? It's been a while since I read about it, so I don't remember all of it, but basically... There's a part of it that's been set aside as a tiger reserve where people aren't supposed to go. But the population has increased so much and some of the area got hit by a cyclone, which made a lot of the water so salty that they couldn't use it to water crops. So they have to go in there sometimes for supplies. Sounds a little like our early days when we knew there were supplies we needed in a place that was invested with zombies. Exactly. But in our case, we could try to find a way to clear the zombies out. The people couldn't do that with tigers. So they would go into the forest to hunt mud crabs or collect honey or other things. But sometimes they wouldn't come back out. With all the extra people going in there, I would imagine that the tigers adapted to consider them prey. Tigers don't normally hunt humans, but when something comes into their territory often enough, it can change their behavior. I remember one story. It was so sad. There was a woman who had taken her six-month-old baby into the forest because she didn't have any other choice. The baby was sitting in her lap when a tiger pounced on her and dragged the mother into the forest, leaving the little baby behind. Oh, goodness. That is sad. What happened to the baby? She was rescued, although I don't know how. Possibly there were other people with them. I remember that they had started going into the forest in groups to try to fight the tigers off and recover the bodies when they weren't successful. So maybe one of the other people brought her back. They gave her a nickname. Bogini, or Tigress. I don't know if I would want a nickname like that. 
I think it would remind me too much of how I lost my mother. I agree, but I don't know a lot about the culture in India, so maybe they think about it differently. Anyway, like I said, every time there was a tiger attack, someone would put up a bright red cloth at the attack site. It would be a sign of mourning, but it would also mark the location as a place of worship for Bonobibi, the forest goddess. I wonder if whoever came up with the idea of doing this with zombie attacks in that area knew about the Sunbardens and this practice. I would say they'd have to. It's too similar. And that also makes me wonder if any of the modern polytheistic religions, such as Hinduism or Shintoism, just to name two, have adapted their beliefs to include deities to protect them from zombies. I would think so, but I don't know enough about them to know how that would happen. Neither do I, and I'm not sure where I might go to find out. I guess I can just put that on the list of things to try to find out about and study when this is all over and free flow of information is the thing again. That's all the news I had. Did you have anything, Dr. Clark? No, I think we're good to wrap this up. We'll be back tomorrow, listeners. For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, this has been Dr. Rosalind Clark and Agnes Drew. Take care of each other.